This podcast is powered by Scenes by Avalon. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast Connecting the Dots by Shashank Udupa. And the main reason why I'm doing this podcast is in life we usually connect the dots backwards and that gives us a lot of insight into how we have grown as an individual and with th- keeping that in mind i have also done the same podcast but by interviewing a lot of prominent figures in the industry with entrepreneurs influencers and talking to them about how they have connected the dots in the past and what they see connecting the dots in the future as well so that is what this podcast is all about so i hope you guys enjoy it and everything in this podcast is only for educational purposes and not a recommendation to buy or sell so i hope you guys enjoy it and have fun welcome to another episode of connecting the dots with shashank kurfa and in today's episode we've got quicko right as one of our key guests and we have vishwajit who's an amazing founder i had actually spoken to him quite a time ago but then today we realized okay we need to formalize this and make an actual session and in connecting the dots what we do is we basically talk to various founders entrepreneurs and see how they have connected the dots in their life right because we can only connect the dots looking backwards but we'll try connecting the dots looking forward as well um so a quick round of introduction i think vishwa if you can give a quick introduction about yourself because i know you can do it much better than me thanks a lot for having me uh, here today quickly introducing myself my name is vishwajit i founded quicko back in 2015 i've been since building quicko uh and um uh, we are super focused on simplifying taxes for individuals and small businesses in india um with uh, you know unfortunate pandemic there's uh, extreme focus on you know getting your personal finances in order um also accessing uh, you know uh, fintech um, um uh, through digital mediums has become extremely critical so we are seeing tremendous traction on the platform along with text filing now helping people do text planning more macro understanding of uh, what you know their taxes should be and uh, we are expanding uh, very aggressively into we recently launched something called sandbox uh, which is a, a, a saas api platform it's one of its kind uh, b2b saas api platform solving taxes for large scale enterprises to begin with right uh, how did you land up on kiko you said you started this in 2015 but i'm pretty sure there's a back story to that right it's not like you got up one day and said chalo mai i'll make a tax platform right there's something that led to this so today if you had to look back you'll be like yeah these were the things that happened and that is why we formed quicko in 2015 uh, like most of the founder stories it's not a light bulb moment right it's kind of yeah. amalgamation of a lot of small actions uh, right mm-hmm. um so i i am a computer science um, i'm a coder by background so I started my career uh, at Thomson Reuters, which is one of the largest data companies. And I was recently uh, talking to my team. Uh, we were on a, on a team outing, and we were discussing all our stories. And I remember telling them what I learned every one of those jobs I did. Right. So that first job, I found an amazing mentor um, uh, who um, kind of helped me transition into from you know academics education to you know getting into work lives. Um, uh, solid work ethics really professional right so i learned a lot of things uh, uh, from him over there uh, post thomson reuters i went on to work for fidelity investments which is largest uh, you know um, um, uh, brokerage investment platform uh, at at some point vanguard and fidelity were considered were considered the pioneers of personal financial planning right so i had a largest mutual fund called magellan at some point it was 250 plus billion dollars assets under management um so over there i i fell in love 
with finance um, and technology, right? And the fusion of two, because uh, worked on fit.com, which was a brokerage platform. Also, Fidelity has a huge, um, you know, uh, a retirement savings platform. All at any given point, more than 50% of Americans have their retirement savings with Fidelity. So uh, it was a huge responsibility and, and a lot of exposure uh, to financial data. Uh, also, at the same time, we were going through 2008 financial crisis, which put a lot of things in perspective. Because uh, as as um, uh, you know, as I, I was starting out my career, we were sent to sit next to sales rep and listen to those calls. And they were a heart-wrenching cause, right? Because people had lost their entire retirement savings uh, in a matter of few months, right? So uh, it kind of very early in my life, it, it kind of made me aware about, about personal financial planning and how important it is. Uh, 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 so I learned finance and technology at Fidelity. And then I went on to work for Deutsche Bank. So although Deutsche Bank is a global investment bank, um, they were just starting out in North America. Um, uh, historically, being a German bank, they had a lot of presence in Europe, um, also a lot, lot of development centers in Russia, Eastern Europe. Uh, but this was the first time they were entering America. So they were just building out team. And I was probably one of the uh, first 50 employees. And uh, by the time I left, we were about 1,100 employees. So in that course, I got... I got to learn about myself, my leadership skills, stakeholder management. I could communicate really well to all the stakeholders. Um, also, my job required me to perform and deliver. So more work comes to North America's Deutsche Bank. Um, so I was communicating to business people in Hong Kong, Singapore, London, managing multiple projects. I scaled team from myself to about 40 people. So there I learned important life skills, right? How to manage people, how to, how to manage expectations, uh, how to break down problems into smaller problem statements. Uh, and this was back in 2014. Um, I realized that I had a knack of solving problems. I uh, felt confident enough to, you know, uh, leave a uh, kind of cushy job, move back to, move back to India, which is, um, uh, uh, which was back then. I mean, if you remember 2014, 15 was crazy in terms of startups and ideas and who was getting funded. Um, so there was a lot of motivation to come back to India. Started out of Ahmedabad, which is my hometown. My family is based out of Ahmedabad. Uh, my, my parents have been in education all their lives. Um, they run schools here in Ahmedabad. So it was a logical choice to start out, start out of Ahmedabad. Um, and uh, Quaco wasn't a light bulb moment. Dude. When I, I moved back to Ahmedabad, I just started um, you know, playing around uh, with uh, you know, different calculators. I started getting a couple of my old friends started building out a lot of calculators. Uh, this, this is one of those, you know, um, uh, very uh, uh, simple stories that kind of, while building those calculators, I um, I um, uh, got to know about different domains, who were all the technology disruptors, who was getting funded, uh, you know, whether the infrastructure and ecosystem was there to support, uh, you know, new disruptive ideas. Um, so, uh, while doing that, uh, we looked into insurance, we looked into investing, uh, we looked into, you know, taxes, and it felt like nobody was solving taxes using technology. Uh, this is back in 2014-15. Um, so, um, got together one of uh, with one of my school buddies uh, and started Quicko. Uh, and here we are. So, that's, I think, a kind of long story short for you. Well, that's quite interesting because I'll tell you what, when you said calculators, right, I started laughing because... Um, someone recently asked me, what are the top three apps you use on your phone? Right. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's Instagram, Facebook, uh, because I still use Facebook 
and calculators, right? Because for me, numbers make more sense than anything else. You know what? I I also interviewed uh, Ajinkya from Win Twelve recently, right? And he told me when I asked him the question, he told me the same thing. Is like it was not some you know eureka moment that I'm just sitting there and I'm like okay, bulb chamagya and we're gonna do a startup. Uh, which which is what they show in a lot of movies, right? That I'm just sin- right. think, sitting and like, chalo start up karte. And it's not that easy. Um, it's a step by step calculative process where you have to do a lot right. of surveys to even figure out whether it's good or bad uh, before you actually take that deep dive. I, I recently tweeted. I mean, entrepreneurship is state of mind. It's not an act, right? It's not as if you buy an office. It's not how you how you become entrepreneur or you know you hire a couple of people. You don't become entrepreneur. Right? You have to be in that state state of mind long enough. Of course, there is a thought process of failing fast, uh, but at the same time, I do believe that when you think is the right idea, you have to commit to it long enough because uh, most businesses pivot in their first three years, right? So, uh, in, in that time, you would actually realize what's the right set of problem statements, what are scalable problem statements, right? Um, and you have to give it time, right? Of course, I mean there are challenges in terms of you know finances, of course. As an entrepreneur, um, you have to lot of, a lot of time bootstrap um, the idea. Uh, you are the first FFF, right? Uh, we know about uh, three Fs. So you are usually uh, taking all that burden upon yourself. Uh, but that being said, I, th- I think um, you have to persevere. I think perseverance is the most important thing. How long did you actually take to start it from inception to begin? Like, was there a time period before you actually said, okay, this is my full time? So for us, um, before... Um, you know, we got our first investor uh, for, for close to two and a half years. We were we were building quicker, right? Out of Ahmedabad, um, we were continuously innovating on products. Uh, you know, building better and better products. I think that's how um, you know um, um, people from Rain Matter Foundation, uh, which is Zero Das Family Fund, Nathan Ganser, uh, they came across our products and they really loved it. I, I think Nereka was the one to list it on Product Hunt. And somebody from Nathan's team checked it out and they really liked it. Um, so, I mean, we focus on products because I am a computer science guy. I know how to build better products. I'm not a business guy. I don't know how to disrupt using marketing. I don't know how to disrupt using pricing, but I definitely know how to disrupt using good products, uh, good user experiences, right? So that's what we focused on early on. And we knew this was a significant problem statement. Uh, we knew that... Uh, as a country, if we need to grow, I mean, Texas is something as uh, is, is going, going to be a structural problem statement. Uh, we also knew that uh, you know things will get better uh, in the sense data will get connected, um, uh, ecosystems will open up where it will be easy for customers to take their data around, right? And which is what we are saying, and we are kind of doubling down on it. Um, so all of those things we knew. We just had to be patient and uh, you know kind of stick to the thought process and continue to build upon it. That is something that we're seeing right now with a lot of platforms also getting integrated with the tax ecosystem, right? Because earlier, I remember um, a few years ago, if you spoke about tax to a common man, uh, especially someone who's coming out of college, they would be like, boss, I don't understand it. Do I actually have to file it? So it was like, as much as possible, let me not file my taxes. Because why? It's not because I don't want to, it's because I don't understand it. And then you have to go talk to a CA who takes some certain amount of money, which again, you don't know what is the price discovery there. And you figure it out. But so it was more about filing than tax saving. And then after you get some education, people come to know, okay, yes, boss, in tax, you you know, there's so many incentives for you to save more than actually spending it. You know, tax is always looked at a bad thing that, oh shit, my money is going to the government. But actually there's a lot of schemes where the government is saying, chalo, you save some money as well. Uh, right. And that is happening right now because I thought, I think in Zero, I saw it recently. I can see my 
entire PNL that comes there as well, and there's a quick introduction that's come there inside as well. You mentioned something very nice, right? You said when you do entrepreneurship, a lot of it is state of mind. See, because in the first few years, there is definitely pivots, as you said, right. and pivots comes with two things, right? Either it's a happy pivot or it is a sad pivot that you realize that you were doing something and it's not right and you're pivoting or you've realized, okay, I'm doing right, but this is a better way to do it. So how did you deal with that because of the state of mind? I think for us, um, uh, the biggest problem statement was a startup coming out of non-technology hub, right? I mean, Ahmedabad is not famous for startups. Um, um, there are a lot of good universities uh, coming up, but most people either go abroad abroad for, for the studies or they first thing they do is pack pack their bags and move to Bangalore, right? So uh, most of the challenges that we faced as a startup Shashank were around, you know, building the right kind of team here in Ahmedabad because um, I was very sure from uh, uh, very first day that we wanted to win, build a quintessentially Ahmedabad startup. I mean, it didn't make sense for us to pack our bags and just move to Bangalore in search of funds or investors, right? Um, uh, so... Um, at the same time, I realized that as a, as a startup and a founder out of non-technology hub, we needed to be uh, exceptional, right? Of course, one good thing was there was no peer pressure, right? It wasn't as if there was a guy next door building the same thing, the guy next door building the same thing. Uh, so we were, uh, we had uh, uh, some advantages. Uh, as like I mentioned, there was not a lot of peer pressure. We could take time to build the right products for our customers. But at the same time, we had to be exceptional to get noticed, right? Um, because otherwise, it's very easy for somebody to discard saying, oh, it's a startup from Ahmedabad or Ujjain or Kanpur, right? Um, so, I mean, we had to make sure that our work kind of uh, speaks. Um, it's noticeable. Uh, it's significant. The quality of work was a very important part of, uh, you know, how, how we built Quico. Um, so, that was primarily the challenge. I, I don't think we ever had to pivot in terms of, you know, uh, from solving, um, you know, direct Texas started to solve indirect Texas or something like that. We mostly, another very important thing that I, uh, in recent discussions with my team, what we have uh, um, really focused on is not build island of forests, right? And we see that happening uh, nowadays. You build a platform and you have, uh, you know, no monetization, but a million customers, then you go build something else in hope of monetizing it, right? Uh, so you have this island of Florida and the customer gets confused as to what you're trying to do, right? Uh, what we from very beginning have done is uh, build products in concentric circles, right? We have kind of expanded upon the depth of our products, um, you know, uh, built more integrations. Um, you can now import data from almost all major brokers in India. Uh, into Quico, uh, we are starting to integrate with banks, crypto exchanges. Uh, we integrate with HRMS platforms. Uh, right, so essentially simplifying, we had the very solid core product where you can do your Texas, plan your Texas. Now, what we are doing is connecting with the e commerce ecosystem at large uh, in India so that you can easily bring that data. Uh, the only pivot that has happened in thought process is that, um, uh, you know, let's stop thinking about text as this monolithic once a year event right where you just somehow uh, scramble your data and uh, you file it and you are done with it right uh, uh, essentially um, uh, uh, taxes are essentially kind of summary of your financial year right so uh, you change jobs it has tax implications you start investing into markets has tax implications you sold an ancestral property has tax implications right um, so what we are increasingly doing on Quico 
is kind of creating touch points for all those uh, you know important life moments uh, so you always find quicko by your side uh, to solve some important tech related so we have right now you know customers who um, you know engage with us around the year uh, we have um, uh, products that help you solve um, you know visualize your tech pnl from multiple brokers so you know doing your tech saving investments to um, you know paying your advance tax on time doing tax loss harvesting um to eventually filing your income tax returns right uh, so building product in concentric circles has been very important part of what we've been doing and and that's why we have much better stickiness we are able to monetize our product do you actually believe ecosystem where you're operating off is very important because as you mentioned right in the start that you know you were in amdabad there's no peer pressure that is there's no one more guy sitting next door uh, but a lot of people you saw were moving to bangalore and hosting it there uh do you think that matters a lot as an ecosystem to a psychology of a of a entrepreneur because maybe if there's one guy sitting right next door you might get jittery and build an island of products rather than focusing on concentric circles because i've seen that happening with a lot of people it, it does i mean a lot of it is noise right and it's very easy to it's very easy to get distracted i mean we have made very sure it because that we don't raise funding for sake of raising funds i mean we want growth partners right how do we go from million customers to 10 million customers right how do we go from few million dollar revenue to 100 million dollar revenue another very important thing that happens is um, uh, you know uh, being a startup from amdavad we also did not have the the peer pressure of marketing right uh, big marketing budgets acquiring customers by paying money we didn't do any of that we are mostly um, organic today i mean we spend almost zero rupees on marketing uh most of our customers either come through organic searches or referrals through the integrations that we have done so having that ecosystem around uh, has a huge number of incentives right uh, you can uh, your uh, time to market could be much faster uh, because you have um, you know accessibility of resources um, um but at the same time if if you are not super focused and you can uh, you are somebody somebody who can easily get influenced by by outside variables then it's also very difficult to focus and you know just um, build your core expertise before you go and build you know uh, all this island of products i know so many startups that are doing something really well from a long point of time and then someone gets funded which is slightly different from what they're doing but they get funded and then they pivot their entire model because someone's getting funded that means that is the right way to go uh right. they change their entire model and say okay you got funded so i'm going in your path so maybe i'll get funded uh right. but maybe that path is a downward path right maybe you right. are on the right path uh right. but in i've seen this where a lot of founders come into fomo uh, which right. is the worst thing that can happen because you need to believe in your product first and only pivot or only change your stance with the data that you have the fomo drives founders to go in a different way and you're saying you've never got hindered by this fomo right because you've been on that steady path of Okay, I know what I need to build, and this is how we're building, and we're taking feedback, and then growing from there. That also means not being stubborn, right? So, uh, for instance, a lot of our customers come and ask us if we can help them with investments, right? Uh, that doesn't mean we tomorrow go and build out an investment platform because we see all these amazing startups around us who have really comprehensively solved investment, which is why we saw this huge bubble burst, right? There were so many wealth tech startups. uh uh over last 2 3 years and as the mutual fund kind of uh, went from regular plans to direct plans a lot of them had to pivot um, yeah. a lot of them a lot of them had to you know kind of uh, shut down a uh, lot of them got acquired right um so instead of having that fomo right uh, that you talked about ke yaar chalo 
इन्वेस्टमेंट प्लेटफॉर्म बना देते हैं राइट म्यूचुअल फंड से करने लगते हैं वॉट वी हैव डिसाइडेड एट क्विको एज we still want to empower our customers because we do think that uh, we have an important role to play right when somebody does their tech compliances with us we have a lot of insights but what we have rather decided to do is how do we empower our customers to fulfill those journeys right so give the right kind of apis um a partner with right kind of partners right where you can take your tech compliance data and somebody can tell you ah you are missing out on this tech saving right or hey looks like you are not um, you know uh, you, you are not covered in terms of medical insurance or hey um, you are uh, you know using lot of traditional banks uh, have you explored neo banks right uh, so that has been our thought process okay how do we let our mm. customers use their data of course with their consent um, uh, you know they can share it with other similar kind of startups and um, go you know fulfill other journeys tech saving journeys investment journeys you know yeah um, um banking journeys insurance journeys so that's something we have done and mm-hmm. uh, which is why we kind of um, really find lot of uh, amazing partners starting from you know a large uh, mutual fund platforms to brokerages to insurance tech to you know new emerging hrms platforms everybody has kind of embraced uh, um the the value proposition we have to offer so i'm going to ask you a personal question right uh, which is more from a founder perspective can you tell me one really annoying point in your startup journey like that you if you wish it didn't happen i mean obviously we wish that everything happens because it leads to what we are but you're like are yaar that was the most annoying thing that happened at that point and one very satisfying moment that you had both uh, we started getting a um, lot of customers who asked uh, who were traders or investors or you know um, uh, they wanted to kind of formally incorporate their businesses right they wanted to mm-hmm. become uh, from a proprietor they wanted to become a private limited company or an yeah. llc right so they can put more structure to it and i think uh, we saw that there were more than 10 10 11000 businesses getting registered every month in india Um, um and we decided to build a product where somebody can easily come onto our platform and start a business right um and that's that's the product we built for close to 6 months as soon as the first customer arrived and all the challenges that customer face because um, uh, uh, for you and i maybe it's simple to uh, you know uh, starting from you know um, uh, difference between a director and a shareholder it's, it's yeah. very apparent to us but not to a layman right hmm. um a uh, difference between paid up capital and authorized capital it's, it's uh, something most people don't understand right um, yeah. so those kind of assumptions so I, i that that was the most annoying part lot of time we used to get distracted building into some uh, some of this products that um uh, you know maybe were ahead of time i, I don't think that hmm. those were wrong products but maybe they were ahead of time um so that uh, probably I think another, I mean, uh, one superstition I have is whenever I would send BD emails out of uh, Bangalore, for some reason people would respond to it. It's not <laughs> as a signature said I'm sitting in Bangalore, uh, and and whenever we send it from Bangalore, people would just simply ignore us. So I don't know if there's any any truth to it. That's another annoying thing. I mean, dude, why? I mean, Ahmedabad has good startups, good people. Oh no, God. Okay, I'll ask one last question. This is when we connected the dots in the past, right? Now I'm I'm looking into the future, right? Let's try connecting to the and as every founder, we're trying to connect what's going to happen in the future. We're trying to predict what might happen, what the consumer behavior might be, and try to go towards that trend or not even trend. Try to go towards that journey is okay. Next five years, man, this will happen. Ye bada hoga ye industry, and a lot of people want to understand. Like as you mentioned in the start, right? Ecosystems are opening up. platforms are opening up there's a lot of integrations happening because 
people are realizing that you know i don't need to build everything i can actually partner with someone integrate because they're solving a big focus i am solving one let's partner up what do you see in the future connecting the dots with respect to our entire ecosystem right with with respect to quicko as well let's let's start from i think uh, i mostly i mean interact with a lot of fintech uh, platforms and fintech founders so i can talk from fintech perspective i i mean i'm pretty sure there's similar kind of disruption happening in a lot of uh, other domains as well uh, i know some domains were very badly hit but i i think it's momentarily it was transient i mean this pandemic was you know one in a once in a century event um, um, uh, those were good ideas so let's hope uh, we see some of those startups make a comeback right i mean mm. we heard about book my show i loved um, uh, the app and what they've done with the platform um but i think fortunately what has happened uh, in fintech is because it was so highly regulated right i mean remember opening a bank account you you'd have somebody yeah. show up at your door um for documents um, right sign uh, sign forms that is uh, have you signed probably a dozen forms that you don't even know what those yeah. are right so uh, and, and think about you know i i recently opened uh, a bank account on neo bank uh, i don't remember the name but um it was i mean so seamless i was able <laughs> to open a bank account in probably under you know 5 minutes yeah and uh, yeah. Uh, my kyc kyc was done online uh you know my um, you know both savings accounts and my current accounts were open online um uh, i was able to do aadhar e signing i was able to do video kyc right um mm. it's just amazing right uh, it was unimaginable couple of years ago um so what has happened is kind of it, this this pandemic has kind of pushed regulation like you know it, it has given a huge push to regulation so regulators have now realized the need to the the physical model that they were that that we were so used to a is not sustainable right and b it's very inefficient right um, so uh, uh, there is a huge push to digitization and and uh, we see uh, uh, you know quicko and especially sandbox where we are solving access to apis we see tremendous demand there right starting we have on sandbox starting from you know amazon onboarding you know sellers to uh you know airbnb kind of onboarding hosts um, to uh you know some small gaming platform trying to you know uh, onboard players onto the platform yeah. we see all heterogeneous platforms come to us uh, to simplify customers onboarding we do text kyc aadhar kyc for them uh, through our mm-hmm. apis um, to uh, we have uh, you know um, a large payment gateways coming to us because they want to do you know t- they want to automate tedious compliances or they want to mm-hmm. automate gst compliances e invoicing right um, so what has happened in fintech because of pandemic there is tremendous i mean we, i think we have leapfrogged a yeah. couple of years uh, because of pandemic right um, um, and uh, there are so many uh, um, um, so many disruptions happening at the same time that that we are there is this tremendous disruption happening in banking space uh, there is tremendous disruption happening in you know uh, uh, investment space uh there's disruption happening in payment space uh, right um so uh, it's it's probably one of the most exciting time i've been working in fintech for almost 15 15 16 years mm-hmm. now and this past wow. year although how how much ever challenging it has been it's really exciting now how, what 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 does that mean for quicko right so um we were always forward looking like i said i mean when we started building quicko 
we knew that eventually uh, uh, ecosystems will open up, right? Yeah. We knew that eventually um, uh, there'll be more digitization of data. Your, you know, your identifiers, PAN or Athar or whatever you want to call it, will get connected to your, you know, kind of digital identity, right? What is your digital identity? You do trading somewhere, you do investing somewhere, you have bank accounts somewhere, you're running a small business somewhere, you're selling on Amazon. That is your digital identity, right? So now all of it is getting connected. And, um, uh, you know, anybody who is able to uh, kind of uh, consume that data and, you know, add value, right, uh, uh, reduce friction is, is um, you know, is bound to benefit uh, out of this opportunity. So that's where we find ourselves uh, from text perspective, right? So uh, taxes are a huge problem statement. Let's not just think about individuals. Uh, we recently, uh, uh, without naming the names, we recently processed a TDS return for a large corporate and um, um, we saw uh, uh, them paying um, in excess of 20 lakh rupees just in interest penalties, right? Just because you have hundreds of thousands of payments happening every month. Um, madness. Because, uh, uh, right? There's continuous changes in regulations, sections, and things like that. There are so many inefficiencies, right? So that's what we are trying to solve with Sandbox. Uh, wow. and, um, um, so we feel really excited that with Quico, we are solving taxes for individuals and small businesses. And with Sandbox, we are solving um, Texas uh, for large enterprises. Wow. Wow. That's actually insane. So actually that if you look at it from a future perspective, it's not only individuals, but a lot of corporates that are also having a similar kind of issue is what you would say, correct? No, I'm that I mean, all, uh, 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 so SME, uh, uh, everybody, I mean, um, uh, uh, thinks SME is the next, you know, like to mm-hmm. SMEs in India because we are essentially leapfrogging, right? We are not going yeah. from your brick and mortar mom and pop shops to we are not going to big box retail. We are directly going to you know e-commerce. Mm. Uh, so there are a ton of opportunities in digitizing those SMEs, starting from payments to you know text compliances to uh, invoicing, accounting. Yeah. Right? There are all these problem statements. Um, so uh, we think we think a um, lot of opportunities ahead for us uh, solving taxes for uh, individuals, small businesses, and large enterprises. Another last thing, right? How important do you think communities are for businesses going forward, or anyone going forward, right? Because that is what we are doing with Seam. So I want to he- hear every founder's take on this as well. Super important, dude. I mean, uh, from um, one thing, I always, um, um, I always. Uh, have wanted for us is mm. you know, us to be both a successful transaction platform and a successful content platform. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, globally, if you look at it, there are very few platforms who have cracked both, right? Either yeah. you are a great, a great content platform, right? Mm. Uh, the New York Times of the world, but even New York Times of the world struggles to get customer to transact and buy a monthly subscription. Right? Yeah. Um, so they're great content platforms. At the same time, they're a great product platform who struggle to produce good quality content. content. Right? Yeah. Um, so it's very difficult to find that fusion. And I think mm-hmm. that ecosystem is very important because um, uh, uh, when you are spending so much money to acquire customer, you might as well think about retaining that customer, right? Exactly. Uh, and and exactly. that ecosystem is very important to retain customers. Uh, uh, we have heavily invested. We probably invest same amount of money in content as we do in products. Uh, you guys have a lot of blogs, right? A lot of educational. Uh, we run, we run sources. a blog. Uh, we run mm-hmm. something called Learn, which is a repository of almost two thousand plus articles um, uh, related mm-hmm. to Texas. Uh, we run a newsletter called Bytes. 
Uh, we yeah. also have started doing something called Pocket Money, uh, which is a YouTube kind of video series where we focus on, you know, uh, taxes for millennials. Um, um, so there's a lot of content that we do. Nereka here is very important part of, uh, you know, executing that content strategy. Um, uh, she joined us as an intern a few years back and um, has grown into, uh, you know, starting from doing a lot of content to, um, uh, you know, now help me set up our Bangalore office, um, now uh, doing a lot of influencer marketing. So uh, content is a very important part of uh, what we do. And I think, I think uh, communities essentially help you retain uh, customers better. Um, right. And um, um, that's something I would any day uh, would love to have uh, kind of rather than, you know, spending marketing money on, on, you know, momentary traction. I would love to have that um, community where we can, uh, you know, have uh, uh, exponential lifetime value out of customers and customers also get a lot of value yeah. out of the businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think bang on. Yeah. I mean, th this is something that a lot of people used to do in the past. Um, where they used to build a great product, then spend insane amount of marketing dollars uh, with high customer acquisition cost, and then say the retention will be done by the product and only the product itself. Right. So our product may jitna dalte jao, maybe out of hundred people, only twenty will retain, but those twenty will continue to retain was the logic and assumption in the past. Right. Uh, and I think now we're seeing a lot of people, especially in the fintech space, where education has become a form of retention right. in the in the fintech space because I'm seeing. Almost every company coming out with consumer education, whether it's um, platforms or stock markets or anything, right? There is a lot of education coming in with respect for re retention as well. And that's helping. It's a win-win situation for both because I'm learning with this platform and I'm, you know, using their platform. So I'm winning on both sides. Everyone's happy. It's like a beautiful narrative all across. And that is the trend that we are seeing now that's happened post-COVID. Like pre-COVID, I don't think people cared so much, right? So right. that was what... Awesome. Uh, so yeah, I think that is it. I think that was the entire session. Again, Vishwa, I'm really thankful and glad that you're here uh, for giving your time effort. I know you're busy. I know you're running two offices <laughs> and hopefully I think when you're in Bangalore next time, we should definitely, definitely catch up. Yeah. No, no absolutely. Uh, Shashank and uh, uh, we um, uh, have always been following all the great progress that you guys are making. Um, yeah. <laughs> so would love to check out scenes once it comes out and um, uh, like a very interesting idea. Um, Let's let's grab beer when we are in Bangalore.